Come on in, guys, because it's time for another episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. Thank you for joining us here on episode 13 of our Rewatch of Survivor the Amazon, Survivor's sixth installment. On Outwatch, we rewatch, recap, and react to legacy seasons of Survivor, uh, following along episode by episode. My name is Alex, and I am your host. And I'm joined by three of my friends who are relative newcomers to the world of Survivor, this being their first foray into these seasons that we are watching. As I said, we are on our second to last episode of Survivor the Amazon. It's been quite a run, and it's nearing its conclusion, perhaps mercifully. Um, and this episode, we're talking about episode 13, titled The Amazon Heats Up. Yeah, there's, some, there's some sexual heat there. In more ways than one. Before we get into what happened this episode, it's time for you to meet my co-hosts, starting with Adam. Welcome to Outwatch. So good to be back here, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so good to be <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I just used the break that we had to, to drink a lot. That's it. So I'm sorry. Just got toasted like Butch after a, a loved one's visit. <laughs> what a legend. Um, this episode of Outwatch is sponsored by our friends over at Saturn, um, the fine makers of the beautiful, wonderful, immaculate Saturn Ion, uh, mm. perhaps the best car ever imagined and put on the roads of this great nation of ours. And um, they sponsor today's question, and that is, Adam, um, if you were the proud owner of a Saturn Ion, where would you take that wonderful little car on a little weekend getaway? You know, I'd probably drive that car all the way over to uh, Niagara Falls, Alex. Wow. I just imagine you and your passengers opening up those suicide doors on the Saturn Ion, uh, <laughs> taking a seat with its wonderful air conditioning that definitely works very well. It has those wiper blades, so when the when the fall sends all that water over, I can just whisk it away and safely drive into Canada. Yeah, beautiful. A wonderful, picturesque vacation. <laughs> Emily, welcome to Outwatch. Thanks for having me. If you were to come into possession legally, of course, of a wonderful Saturn Eye on the best legally, car. Legally, of course. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> the way I said that, like come into possession of, seems like always implies some like skeptical behavior. How do you illegally acquire? <laughs> How does anybody steal a car? <laughs> I didn't download it. I know that. Much. I don't know, Alex. How does someone steal a car? Well, you see, if you can just rig open the 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 cable, I, I have no idea how to steal a car. <laughs> Emily, where would you take that Saturn Ion on a weekend getaway? Listen, my car died today, so I take that Scion everywhere. Okay, first of all, Emily, it's an Ion. Ion. Not, a not a Scion. Scion. What? Scion is a whole Ever. other car manufacturer that we are not sponsored by. Oh my gosh. We're going to we have to re record this whole podcast. Ion. See, I just mixed uh. them together. The Saturn Ion, the Scion. No, you can't call it that, though. <laughs> there goes our check. Great. Demonetized. We finally we demonetized. raised the money on this. And Emily ruined it. I'm just too desperate for a car. I'll take any any car. Give me the Scion. Give me the Zion. Scion, we will Ion. take your check. This podcast is now sponsored by the Scion. What's a car that the Scion makes? 
XV, right? A Scion a XV. Sure. Where would you take your Scion, Emily? <laughs> well, I'd be grateful to have one, but <laughs> I'd take it to work. <laughs> I'd take it places it could take me <laughs> without dying. <laughs> It's uh, it's a car from 2002. It's much worse than what it might be worse than my 2006. <laughs> no, I let's be real. I would take it out west. Yeah. I haven't spent much time out west. Just taking those crazy doors and all of the AC. Just so much AC. Visiting all those national parks. The AC works so good, guys. Near instantaneously, <laughs> by the sound of it. What a dream, Scott. Welcome to Outwatch. Hey guys, Scott. Where would you take your beautiful Saturn Ion? Um, I would probably, since I haven't been there near as much as I should lately, I'd go to Bloomington, Indiana. Yes, home of Indiana University. Partially because I don't think it would get me much farther than that from my current location, (laughs) (laughs) an hour away. Shots fired. Hit the Saturn Ion. Yeah, but the AC would be. Having me get there comfortably. Guys, I cannot overstate this. The air conditioning works. <laughs> it's a the it's air conditioning works. Oh, they, they brought a Saturn Ion to the Amazon. Yeah, how did they get that there? Like, at least in Pearl Islands, they had to go all the way back to a port. So it kind of made sense how they got it there. Like, how did they get this car into that jungle? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great it's like parked on a beach. <laughs> it's just yeah, it was just there. Like yeah, like in the middle of their challenge arena, hey! like behind some trees. <laughs> the wildest thing. Is that the same car? We have so many questions. Yeah, that's what I want to know, really. Is it the same yeah. car? <laughs> you know, Matthew did kiss it, so it's now his. Mm. That's how it works. Okay. That's how you get a car. I'm pretty sure that kissing is not nine tenths of the law. I'm going to throw that out there. It's ten tenths. (laughs) Ten Um, tenths is just one. It's the law. It's the law. (laughs) I would take my um, fantastic Saturn Ion with a definitely an air conditioning to the Shenandoah Valley. I don't know wow. what that is, but I've heard it. I've heard of it. And so I think that'd be a good place to go. Yeah, it's in Western should... Virginia. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's it's in the Appalachian Mountains. It looks beautiful this time of year. And I could get there in my Saturn Ion. And when it gets toasty, I could use the air conditioning. And I yeah. would love it. Do you guys watch <laughs> MasterChef? <laughs> Do you guys watch MasterChef? No. It's the Gordon Ramsay one. Yeah, I know what it is. I've been, Jen and I have been watching MasterChef. We watched a whole season of it, and Gordon Ramsay does this thing when he describes anything. And this is this is what he does. Today, you're going to be making my beautiful, perfect, immaculate, flawless, wonderful, best ever souffle. He does this all the time. <laughs> and I've been putting it into my vernacular, but not a lot of people get it except for Jen and I, because we watched this season. Anyway, I just like when he yells at everybody <laughs> for the food being raw. It's fucking raw. Wow, <laughs> say that word on our podcast. We're explicit, aren't we? No, not really. 
Oh. <laughs> this one oh, I'll get damn. it though. It's okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> now I look like an idiot. <laughs> Holy shit. Crapping me. You gotta be crapping me, Adam. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to do that bit with the Saturn Ion and be like, and they went. This beautiful, perfect, wonderful, immaculate, the best in the world. You've never seen anything like it. Flawless Saturn Ion. Can you imagine living in a time, though, where they have to make a selling point of the car, the fact that it has AC? <laughs> like, we live in such a privileged society right now where if you tried to sell me a car or, like, you know, it doesn't come standard with AC, I'd be like, well, that's a dumb car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I wouldn't want an air conditioning-less car, and that's why I choose Saturn Ion. Because <laughs> it works. It works. Definitely works. Probably. Man, screw that. I'm just going with the Scion. I know that it works. <laughs> the thing about the Scions is some of them don't work. <laughs> All right. Let's, wrong, Scion. No. let's take a trip down to Tree Mail and recap what happened in this episode. Is that cool with you guys? Yeah. Sounds let's get so back. good. What is this show? What do we do? <laughs> this is our MasterChef pod. <laughs> our MasterChef pod. <laughs> Uh, so this episode starts with Rob pulling in Alex and directly telling Heidi and Jana, Jenna his plan that he wants to vote out Heidi next. And it actually doesn't go that well or it doesn't go that badly. It goes OK. Um, the quote would crazy nut butch and the quote junior deputy firewood bitch. <laughs> Rob. <laughs> hilarious moment <laughs> uh stockpile just so much firewood there's a long sequence about how much firewood they're getting and how much butch loves his firewood at the reward challenge which is a little um obstacle course recap of many other um challenges matthew wins a wonderful immaculate perfect fantastic saturn ion and he takes rob on a little picnic with him uh, but when the rest of the camp tribe returns to camp, they find it engulfed with flames, burnt to a crisp to the ground. Uh, the, his, their camp has burnt down because of Butch's pyromania and the stockpiling of all this extra wood. Everybody's uh, personal items are lost with the exception of Heidi's, and she feels especially guilty about it. Uh, as a result, when the... Matthew and Butch get back. They start to rebuild. And Jenna and Heidi let the boys really do the shelter work. And they want Butch to be the one voted out because they feel that he is responsible for this uh, camp being burnt down. At the immunity challenge, we've got a ropes course and Matthew demolishes the competition. Um, another immunity win or challenge win in general. Yeah, this one's not even close. Back at camp, Jenna is starting to break down, both mentally and physically. She's got some tonsillitis and deteriorating health, and that's taking a toll on her mental state as well. And Heidi, perhaps surprisingly, takes that as an opportunity to pitch voting against Jenna and rallying votes against her. At Tribal, Heidi stands by her game, saying that she has masterminded half of the votes, and that the guys that are left are scared of her and don't think that they can beat her. Perhaps this is the last nail in her coffin, her talking up the goodness of her game. 
because Heidi is then voted out by a vote of three to two with those other two votes landing on Rob. Heidi and Jenna vote for Rob and the three guys vote for Heidi, making Heidi the next one voted out and cementing our final four as Butch, Matthew, Rob, and Jenna. And just like that, we're down to four. Hmm. Adam, you lost your first member in quite some time today. Been a minute. In Heidi. Um, why don't you eulogize Heidi's game for us? <laughs> Heidi was present most of the game. <laughs> um <laughs> No, she played a tough game. She was a really athletic person uh, and really, really showed that really helped her team vote both the girls team. And then when the mix up happened, win a lot of good, uh, good immunity and rewards. Um, honestly, I, I can't believe I, I, I can understand why they voted her out instead of Jenna, but also kind of expected her i think she could have swung the vote to jenna if she had tried a little bit harder i'm being honest so yeah yeah we'll talk about that for sure um do the other two of you have any notes on heidi's game today um or on the whole from this season that you would like to share mm. I think it she was interesting. Very attached that, to Jenna. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think it was really interesting that she was advocating against Jenna at this point. It was like something finally shifted when she did realize that this is a game where people are leaving. Yeah. Because yeah. like Scott said, they are a two peas in a pod this whole game. You're right. They really are like. Yeah. Presented as like two parts to a whole. Right. It's like mm -hmm. we don't get a whole lot of. Uh jenna without heidi or vice versa at least that's how it seems yeah yeah uh it, yeah and it's interesting to think back like you know heidi was one of our first picks in the draft uh adam she was your first pick yeah. um taking into account yeah her like early showing which was really strong she performed really well um in some of those early challenges she had um yeah, like some good social strategy to her game. Um, and I, I wonder how, both for both her and Jenna's sake, like how their games look if they don't have each other, right? Because almost in the same way that, you know, when you have some like showmances take place in the show, you can't really mentally separate one from the other. They kind of get handcuffed in their game as being associated so closely with this other person. Um, yeah, I wonder how their games look without the other one there. Yeah, I'm kind of curious how much of Heidi's game gets stunted by Jenna. Or I mean, even Jenna's game gets stunted by Heidi. Because mm -hmm. I, I think I, we're talking about Heidi, so I'm going to focus on her. But uh, Heidi was a very strong person and yeah. seemed to have a good head on her shoulders when she started the game. Yeah. But then there's this complacency that falls into place at some point where you, you see her start making less and less moves and she's just kind of like hitching rides. Yeah. And then when she needs to make moves, she's not equipped to do it. Yeah. It's almost like too late. Right. And it, well, and it's even just like, she hasn't learned it yet. She hasn't done enough of those things throughout the game to really understand, okay, well this worked before this yeah, it didn't really work before. Right. You know, so there's just like this learning curve that she kind of missed being a part of this duo and 
you know, other groupings that she was a part of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like, yeah, that's all well put. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to add. Uh, best moments from this episode. Scott, would you care to hit us with your best moment? We already covered my favorite moment, Alex. That was the Saturn Ion. <laughs> what a company, man. No. Yeah. What I'm, a, company, I'm an easy. Man. Yeah. Um, no, I was like, it's not my favorite moment, but the fire was like the big thing that like. Yeah. Stood out because that's like, that was intense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's lots of like. Which like. In both last episode and this one, like some of these big moments that aren't necessarily tied to strategy, but are still like very interesting and like compelling to watch. You know, in this case, it's the fire. Yeah, like they like for me watching it, like we're talking about firewood, the whole like first like uh -huh. there's at least five minutes of the first there's opening a lot was of like firewood about firewood. Talk. Yeah. They have a they had a lot of firewood, and in hindsight, putting it underneath the shelter was maybe not a good idea. I think that's a fair thing. But to say. I was <laughs> fire analysis. No, um, but <laughs> I mean it's I easy. It's easy Bush. to Monday morning quarterback the the fire build. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Yeah, but yeah, that just was that got out of hand quick. That escalated quickly. It did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Emily, what was your favorite moment from this episode? Yeah, I was going to talk about the fire. Uh, <laughs> at what point did the crew decide? Like, did they have did they have a point where like, okay, it'll reach here and then we'll do something? That's <laughs> <laughs> a genuine question. They just, like, what if they no. burn down the Amazon? No, yeah. yeah, it's a real question. Like, they had to have had a moment where they were like, okay, this is fine. This is fine. This is fine. And then it would be not fine anymore. Yeah. I'm sure it was monitored. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. If not, like it was a controlled, put out. controlled burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. It was also interesting to see um, the way that they handled it because Butch was just so like he probably was just collecting firewood like it, his life depended on it because. That was like kind of the only thing he could do, really. He doesn't he's have just, a lot of autonomy in this game. Let's be honest. He's a wood crazy nut. He, he sure says is. it himself. <laughs> and I think for him, he was just like, yes, firewood. Of course, like Adam said, you know, now it's a bad idea. And the, at the time, I'm sure he was just trying to help out, obviously. Yeah. But it was interesting to see the way that people handled it because I think Butch even said something like, you know, there's no real way to really, truly know how this could have started or whose yeah. fault it was or whatever. And then they panned to Rob and Rob was like, yeah, you know, cough, butch, cough. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> well, and I mean, you're blaming, you're blaming butch because he collected a bunch of firewood. Yeah. But I mean, like if that fire was going to happen, it just, and it catch it. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't they see. Also, like their fire was in, a very enclosed space. Right. It was in that lean to. It was in a tiny lean to that was made of dried palm leaves. Yeah, like, also yeah. of course, it was going to catch on fire. Sounds yeah. dumb. I, I felt like. I, I felt like putting the blame on Butch was a little unfair. Yeah, because yeah. it's not it's not like it's not like the firewood is the only thing flammable in that camp. Right. It's literally built out of wood and dried <laughs> leaves. Right. Like. If that fire had gone up without all that firewood underneath it everything still would have burned 
It's just the way it is. So, yeah, it's easy to try to blame him for it. And I understand why you want to blame him for it. You want to have a, you know, someone to point the finger at, um, especially if you're worried about being voted out. But I guess it was just an interesting way to kind of shake out how people would react to it and if they would blame Butch or, yeah. you know, how that would affect tension in relationships. Well, and it felt like no one was really willing to blame him to his face. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Um, just through coughs. Yep. Adam, do you want to talk about anything other than the fire or is the fire you too? I, I mean, the fire was a huge part of this, obviously, but the, the immunity challenge was awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. I loved that challenge. Yep. Yeah. I put down that this is probably the most like intricately built challenge we've seen in this era to this point. That's got like the looks of, yeah, like a modern survivor, big budget challenge. Yeah, it was just it was just cool. It was one that like, I don't know, there there are some seasons of Survivor that we watch where I mean, and there, there I guess are just challenges of Survivor that we watch where you feel the tension of the moment mm-hmm. um, or, or you feel like this has this has a lot of importance to it. And this challenge really lent itself well to that feeling. It yeah. was just like you're watching it happen and you're sitting there like because you can't. It's kind of hard to tell like how far behind anybody is. So mm-hmm. it feels like it's anybody's game at all moments. Like it's just it's a good it was a well set up challenge. Yeah. Required a lot of different ability. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that genre of challenge, which is the like start in the middle, go, you know, on these five divergent paths. You have to hit each one once, but it doesn't matter which order you do it in. I think that it's right. cool because, yeah, it's like a variety of different well, things they're doing. And also you run into that inevitable thing where it's like, all right, these people are going to meet in the middle. What's going to happen? And I think that's interesting. Yeah, well, we uh, we were really excited about the uh, the blind maze challenge in Kagayan. Yeah, uh-huh. Kagayan too. Like it, it's that similar feeling where it's like you just kind of go wherever you want to go, and like if you run into somebody, you run into somebody. It's yeah. just like the, those types of challenges are a lot of fun to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it too. All right, well, let's break down some of the larger moments here, um, and with, that has to start with this firewood sequence. Um, this was really fun. <laughs> I thought this whole sequence was really funny. And I think, you know, we've maligned this season um, and on like fair points, you know, but I think what made this season so well-liked and continues to be well-liked um, by a number of people is represented in this firewood sequence, which is that there's just like lots of funny, entertaining things that happen. Um, and that the, yeah, the personalities of these players, um, when let, you know, to have the freedom to do so are, are fun to watch. Now, some of what people would consider to be those funny moments don't necessarily, um, age super well, but (laughs) in this case, this was fun because we've got the wood crazy nut butch and Rob, the junior deputy firewood bitch, (laughs) (laughs) just going and getting a lot of firewood. And then you've got like that bizarre, like butch dancing sequence and Rob just like watching in disbelief. Um, the dancing was odd for sure. Um, so yeah, what a bizarre sequence. <laughs> I think that really is a testament to like how 
long they've been out there and how bored they are and how hungry <laughs> right. they are. Yeah, what, what I was gonna say, I, I feel like they wanted to like dog Butch about all of that, and you know, you're like, oh, it was ridiculous that he wants all this, but it's also like he's gotta be bored out of his mind. Yeah. Like there's only there's only there's only so many things to do. Like what can I do right now that might be useful? Well, I can get firewood. Like that makes sense to me. Like yeah. makes him want to dance. It makes him want to dance. <laughs> so reward challenge, Saturn Ion. Uh first oh. of all, jokes aside, this Saturn Ion is no GMC envoy, guys. You know, it's got the suicide doors, Alex. It, this is no GMC Envoy. That had a tent in it. But this has suicide no. doors. And it was red. It the was GMC? red. You, you, GMC was a forgettable color. Because <laughs> I don't remember Actually, what color it was. By definition, it is forgettable. <laughs> they yeah. obviously got a better budget for the next season. Yeah. No, they General Motors owns uh, Saturn, so it's the same. Yeah, really? Yeah, it's the same Man. company. It's different. We're gonna be a gym with a tent. <laughs> Have we seen any restaurants in this one? What happened to Outback Steakhouse? They weren't big enough yet for Outback. Yeah, mm. I don't think there was. Right? No, I, I don't think we've had any restaurants. No, we had Coca Cola. Yeah, there was Coca Cola. We have Coca Cola. Did I tell you guys Coke about fridge. in this most recent season of Survivor that uh, 39 that was the last to air, there was a, an Applebee's reward. For Is like, that a reward? For the first time in a long time, there was like, yeah, and it was hilarious because you have <laughs> confessionals, <laughs> people being like. Applebee's is my favorite restaurant. <laughs> oh, that's all I want to see. What's their, what's their motto? Something eating good in neighborhood. Yeah, eating good in Fiji. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. This challenge wasn't close. Um, yeah, Matthew won it in a landslide. Um, and he got that Saturn eye on with a grill in the back. The tiny, tiny grill. The tiny, tiny grill. Yeah, wait, and those like <laughs> patties were so thick, dude. That took them forty minutes to grill. I can't even imagine. Like <laughs> cooking all of that food sounds like a nightmare on that tiny. <laughs> yeah, grill. that wasn't a reward. I don't understand this. Now you have to. They grill needed something that's more work. <laughs> they needed it to fit in the Saturday. Yeah, it's <laughs> ultimately our, the problem. For our listeners who didn't get to see this wonderful grill, it was the Easy Bake Oven. Of grills. <laughs> Didn't it Rob... was like two charcoal bricks. Rob and... said like this makes me feel like George Foreman, which yeah. maybe yeah. wasn't meant to be a slight, but plays very well as like also, it's the size of a George Foreman grill. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, quietly hilarious moment from the sequence too was Rob uh talking about Matthew um in the car and <laughs> Rob says uh, Matthew told me that if he ever returns to the planet he came from I could have his car <laughs> <laughs> doesn't he also make a butch joke about wanting the charcoal or something like that yeah I think so yeah <laughs> yep. uh. <laughs> yeah I love the <laughs> if he returns to the planet he came from <laughs> I could have the car <laughs> 
Butch wanted that Saturn Eye on so bad. When it like honked around the corner, Butch like lost it, dude. <laughs> Too bad he couldn't get that Saturn Eye on. He's a scion crazy nut. <laughs> <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> so, of course, during all this, the tribe is burning down. And then they have to record an extra like three episodes of podcast trying to put out the fire and the whole campaign is messed up as a result. <laughs> wow. That's some, <laughs> that's a Dungeon Arcade joke for our listeners. Go listen to Dungeon Arcade. <laughs> to, to I was, was kind of laugh I only hear when someone is recording Dungeon Arcade. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> that sucked <laughs> yeah that was a weird energy to end that episode <laughs> it was bad the tribe you know burns down rest in power magic eight ball there are spirits in this jungle yeah. and through the magic of the magic eight ball I can channel and harness those spirits the Magic 8-Ball is crispy and no longer in touch with its spiritual powers. The Believe in Yourself yeah. sign is scorched. Yep. Uh, Jenna's Pledge Crown and Zeta Jacket are gone. Oh, that's right. Yeah, do we know what a Pledge Crown is? Google it. I have no I, idea. No, I tried to Google it, and the only thing that came up were those, like, paddles. Oh, that's right. You did Maybe that's it. Maybe. It's wild to me that they would that call That shit would crown. burn real good. When I Google pledge, pledge Crown, the first thing that pops up is a story about Donald Trump and Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed uh, yes. bin Salman. <laughs> yes. And no, I don't think that's thing. it. Yeah, two things about Googling this. One, make sure safe search is on. Two, make sure you're specific that it's about Greek life. <laughs> uh, yeah. What is, the, what is her sorority again? Zeta, Zeta dude. Yeah. How could yeah. you forget? You ever been on that website? It's a pretty good website. What? The Zeta. I believe that it's a national organization. Yeah, yeah. Did you type in Zeta, Zeta Pledge Crown? Pledge Crown. Yeah, that's what I was googling. Okay. It oh, just came with like. It's like their icon. The Zetas have a crown. But like, is it a specific crown? The only thing I could come up with was like it had the crown at the end of the paddle, and I didn't understand. Like, I think you know how sororities have like, if each of them have like a symbol. I guess Zeta's is a crown, so it's probably some like oh. memento that she gotcha. got when she pledged. Anyway, well, that stinks. Poor girl. <laughs> she, also, <laughs> she also lost her jacket, that her sweater, which which was passed down from her big, and which was passed down from that person's big, which was passed down from that person's big. And apparently Jenna didn't pass it down. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious when people are like, you know, lamenting the loss of these things. And Jenna's like, I had items in there that are have been passed down for like f five years. <laughs> like, it could be like generations old family heirlooms it's like this is five years old <laughs> it's so old and important <laughs> how old is jenna in this like she's so young she's 21 i believe yeah okay so, so she's still probably in college yeah and to be fair like it seems a little crazy town 
looking at it from here. I'm sure that was very important to her. That's a huge part of her life. My question though, is why did you bring that stuff to survivor? Mm. It's going to get nasty. Yeah. And it might burn into ash, which it did. <laughs> is it, is it her occupation description? Like bikini model or something like that? She's a Swim model. You can model. be a model and be in a, a sorority. You can have a job and go to school. I guess it's early two thousands. I was going to accuse her of like being an Instagram no, person. And she then, sure wasn't. Didn't but, exist. No. Okay. Okay. I just, yeah. Did you want to wear that for however many days? 39 days and be like, here's a ratty sweatshirt that I wore for 39 days straight and didn't wash. (laughs) Here you go. Treasured family heirloom. It's five years old. It's five years old. But all the wear and tear came in a month. (laughs) Take it, little. Uh This is yours now. <laughs> I would have left that at home. That is a really odd thing to bring. Yeah. Uh, but of yeah, course, like the magic ball, that's way better. It's true. <laughs> it is. It can't be lost that we lost really is, these incredibly important icons of this season the magic eight ball and the believe in yourself sign. Yeah. You know. Jenna comes across in this. <laughs> the way you came into that was very powerful. The energy. <laughs> That's a debate somewhat. I feel like so often Jenna comes across like my suffering is so much worse than your suffering. Yeah. And this is such an awful moment. Like this should not be the case. Like you should not be trying to one up your friends and suffering. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Yeah, and the, like the moment when um, they all get back, and it's like, well, Heidi, your stuff isn't isn't gone. You should be pretty yeah. happy. It must be pretty great. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess your pledge sweater is still here. <laughs> oh, look, your pledge crown's intact. Wow, that must be great. I wouldn't know what that's like. <laughs> Uh. choking on water Uh, all right we can move on (laughs) no we can't because what did Heidi have she was so upset like so embarrassed the only one what did she have of value Heidi yeah I don't know I don't think we find out I can probably find out it's not worth anything unless it's gone yeah right um, what was her luxury item? Heidi Strobel. She had a rain jacket. She was the first person to receive at the end of Ultra Immunity a necklace from someone. <laughs> um, I can probably Google it. It's okay. It's not a big deal. I was just wondering. It's um, important. Luxury item survivor. Um, also... Can we please find a pledge crown as the prize of this season? Oh my god! <laughs> yes. Zeta will probably yeah. sue us. <laughs> Zeta <laughs> crown. Does anybody know a Zeta? I don't think. Maybe. I don't know. Anymore. I'll see if I can find us a Zeta it crown. Can, it can't just be any Zeta crown, though. It's got it to be a pledge crown. Five years old. I really <laughs> think you can just order it from their website. I don't think they're that protected. Oh, stop! It. They are. There's an Etsy shop that's just Zeta stuff. 
All right. Wait. My cousin's a Zeta. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my yes. god, I just realized yes. this. I am asking my cousin Sarah. Sarah, friend of the pod, come on out, watch. Yeah. We need Hold Zeta on. insight. <laughs> here's a yeah, here's a crown. I have to I have to ask her. This is wonderful. She'll be like, no. We should we should She's ask a, if it's okay. We don't want to we shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> disparage the name. We we're not against the Zetas. <laughs> no, we love a Zeta. We do. It's an Jenna important organization. It made her who she is. Um, okay. After this whole fire thing, um, there's another uh, like highlight here on Matthew coming in to the immunity challenge um, where he's, yeah, like talking to Rob. He's again explaining his role as the provider to Rob's strategic. Um, is sensei, so to speak. What do you, what do we actually think about Matthew's story and chances at this point? Because he has been the punching bag for most of the season to a lot of the players, but now he's put together a string of strong challenge performances. He's made some smart social plays. Uh, maybe he still doesn't know the game of Survivor super well, but yeah, he's putting together an okay resume. What do you guys think of Matthew's chances at this point? I, I think he's still going to be hard. He's It's going to be hard for him to win if he makes it to the end. I, I think it really just will come down to who he's sitting next to. Like, I think if he's sitting next to Rob, he has a better chance. If he's sitting next to Jenna, he doesn't have quite as great a chance. Interesting. Because he has, even though he has, like, shown himself to be a good survivor, he's still been a punching bag for so long that it's a hard image to shake for people. Yeah. Yeah, I think that like yeah, I was gonna say. Go ahead. Or I was gonna say like it depends on who the jury is, because if you have a really right. like, and also like who he's sitting by, because you have like a very like a jury that holds a lot of animosity towards like Rob, Matthew all of a sudden has a really good chance. But obviously, if the jury is more likely to choose like choose who played the best game, you know, then his his chances aren't quite as good unless he happens to pull off some major move in the next, like one episode, in which case that would give him a better chance. Right. It also, the, the problem with all of that speculation is he needs to be able to describe what he has done to get there and answer the questions well. And I don't know if he can, because up to this point, like yeah. the reason he's kind of been the butt of the jokes is because he's he's kind of weird. Yeah. Which is fine. But like yeah. if you if you can't because that was a, in, in Cagayan, there was uh what's her name from Boston? Uh, I cannot think of her name right now. Yeah. But her we were. Trish. 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 Yes. Trish would have been an amazing person to be in the final against if she couldn't describe what she did, because it looks like she rode Tony's coattails the whole time. But then in the jury questioning, we realized she knows what she did. She knows that she was pulling strings behind, behind the, the scenes and all that. And, and she could articulate that. So it would have been really interesting to see her try to argue that Tony doesn't get to be where he is without her. And it's sort of the same thing with Matthew where mm -hmm he really buys into him being the apprentice of Rob 
can he break away from that? Yeah. Yeah, I think those are both really, really astute points that, you know, on one hand, you know, you know this isn't just Survivor. This is life. <laughs> Once you are perceived in a certain way, that becomes to some degree like true about you and the perception of others, whether or not it truly is. Right. And so it's mm -hmm. probably really tough, especially in the game of Survivor, to break free of the perception as like the goat or the weird guy. Right. And yeah, you said too that, um, yeah, like his ability to communicate his game in a final travel council scenario may, may be tough. So I agree, but he has, he has put together a really strong resume. So if he's able to do that, you know, who knows what happens. Um, anything else from the fire story that we need to talk about? I feel like we covered it pretty good. Adam gave you the thumbs up. Fantastic. You I can hear that, it. right? I could hear it. Okay. <laughs> we talked about the immunity challenge. This is a very intricate, cool challenge. Matthew, again, blasts his competition. Um, and then, yeah, the main thing that happens here post-challenge is Jenna taking a turn for the worse, both mentally, physically, and then Heidi starting to kind of turn the corner as far as... Um, yeah, being willing to throw her under the bus. What I really want to talk about is the way that she goes about this and if maybe she had a chance if she did this in a different way. Heidi's pitch is effectively to, like, mercy kill Jenna, right? She's saying to Rob and whoever else, Zena, or Jenna's having a hard time. Um, she's deteriorating. She doesn't want to be here anymore. We should do her a favor and vote her out. That's her pitch to people. Um, do you think there's a better way that she could have gone about this and maybe had more success? I think she could have advocated a little bit strong, more strongly, but I don't think I, I feel like she was coming at this. Like I would never betray Jenna. This is what she wants. So I need someone mm. to confirm that and then I won't feel bad about it. Interesting. So I don't think to go to come on any stronger would be a clear like, yeah, I would like Jenna to go and not me, but huh. she doesn't want to go that far. That's an interesting point that like there's almost like this moral hold up. Yeah. Who who do we see her approach exactly? I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure uh, she talks to Rob, right? Right, that's the one I remember. I think she does, yeah. Does she talk to Butch or Matthew at all? I'm not sure we see it anywhere else. Right, that's that's the thing that kind of got me, and it might have just happened off camera, and it just wasn't interesting enough. But it seems like instead of going to Rob, which I get, like you're in an alliance or whatever, so you're going to Rob out of like courtesy or something. But I would have gone to like Butch and Matthew first. Mm -hmm. I've been like, look. Like there's a fire, we're rebuilding. We really need strong people at the camp right now. Jenna's not feeling it. Like I know you're gonna vote us both out anyway. Like we should get rid of her next. Yeah, I wonder if the perception of Butch and Matthew at this point is that they're just so deep in Rob's pocket that the only way you get them is by getting Rob. Well, and that's like the thing about if you approach it like the way I said it there, you can in theory be like. 
you know, it doesn't matter. I'm not trying to overthrow Rob. I'm not trying to overthrow what you guys are doing. I'm just saying, like, I can help. I can be here longer. Yeah. Thing, which might go over better and gives you more time to try to plant that seed that, like, we need to get rid of Rob. Yeah, to, like, pitch yourself as a pocket vote. Right. Like, you can have me in, you know, in your pocket. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I... It's just that like I think Emily makes a really good point there, too, where she needs to commit to we're getting rid of Jenna, Mm -hmm. not Mercy killing her. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I wonder, again, like if we dissect this from the perspective of the guys, like who would you rather have around um, Heidi or Jenna? And I think from the perspective of Rob or Matthew and Butch, too, even though he's kind of just a coattail writer at this point, like. I think that Heidi definitely serves as a bigger threat to you at this stage in the game, right? Like, yeah. just for the fact that she is willing to turn on Jenna when it's clear they're at the bottom, whereas we, we see nothing of that from Jenna. Um, yeah, either yeah. For, for better or for worse, as far as her long-term game goes, she's unwilling to throw Heidi under the bus, or she is so worked up about the loss of her pledge crown that she can't think of anything else. <laughs> I just want to know what Butch is doing. <laughs> Getting firewood, dude. That's all he does. It's honestly yeah. like he and again, you know, we don't know what all is happening, but it seems like he has no interest in trying to help himself. Yeah. Like, is he really thinking that he's going to make it all the way to the end when over and over again, Rob keeps voting without him? I think he is a class of player that takes the name of the game too seriously. Mm. Because I I think that like we're we're in an early period survivor of, not thriver yeah okay. um, <laughs> I think I think we're in a period of the game where he takes that component so seriously where it's it's about surviving in this weird place and then the challenges that come up they're kind of like they're they're sort of secondary in a way to like look at what all I do for you mm-hmm. kind of thing and so I think he just thinks that he'll get to the end. Because he's a provider yeah. and deserves it. It's kind of that, you know, it's prosperity gospel survivor is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, Joel Osteen's game. It's Joel Osteen's <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just imagine this is like a Dara situation, right? Where he has got to be just so bad at confessional that there's there's no, they can't include him. Yeah. Because it would be the worst part of the him. show. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's close to invisible. Except for when he's dancing and collecting firewood. Yeah, or burning down the place. <laughs> oh, started the fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to mention, we did this in the, the recap, but what Heidi says at Tribal, I wonder how much of this is true and that we haven't seen and how much of it is her um yeah not really seeing with clarity what her game has been where she talks about yeah like masterminding most of this game um and that the guys are like scared to sit next to her at the end um yeah i wonder if you guys have any thoughts on that if that seemed um far-fetched or if you think she had a point adam well, I was going to let someone else speak first. I obviously have opinions. <laughs> yeah, he can barely contain his opinions here. 
I'm interested. Let's hear it, Adam. I, I think it's ridiculous. Like Heidi has done, at least from what we've seen, next to nothing in terms of like directing targeting. Like it's been it's been Rob is the way that this has been painted. Is Rob is trying is deciding who is staying and who is going. Even so far as like Dina was the closest thing to that, even yeah. where someone else was deciding things. But Heidi wasn't like Heidi basically latched on to a group of people yeah. and said, well, anyone but us. And that was it. That was the extent of her role in that. And it, yeah, I think it seems like she's like the yes woman, right? Where right. somebody else maybe has the idea, um, but then it's incumbent on her to make the decision on whether it's going to happen or not. Right. So right. masterminding is probably not the right word, but right. Having like some agency, though, I think is fair. Well, and, and that's the thing is like that is not an illegitimate strategy for getting to the end. Totally. Like that is yeah. a perfectly acceptable way to get to the end of this game. Yeah. Like if you can hide behind a bigger shark and get to the end of the game, that's a good strategy. Mm hmm. But to claim that you have been the puppet master behind the scenes the whole time. Come on. Yeah. Know your role. It's <laughs> it's grasping at straws. Like you're so desperate to stay that you want to believe that you had this kind of power that you never had. And to that, too, like it's not a wise thing to say when you're trying to stay in the game is like I am a huge threat and could win. You know, that's like the last thing oh. you want to say at this point. When you're and trying we to also, everyone else who has been trying to stay in this game, who is on the brink of being voted out, is saying, I deserve to be here because look at what I do at camp. Look at all the things I do to serve all these other people. Sure. And Heidi comes along and says, well, I voted everybody out because yeah. she doesn't do anything around camp. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. she, she knows she can't hang her hat on anything else. So she's, I don't know. I like she has agency in this game. She has decided to align herself with Rob. She's not a mastermind. What do you think her chances are the rest of the way if she like survives this vote? This would have gotten her to final four and into our finale. Say that it's Jenna voted out instead of Heidi. Do you think she's got a shot to win this game if she can get through another vote? Or do you think she would just be the next one gone? I I think she would be the next I think she'll be the next woman she would be the next woman gone. I think if she could get to the final two though, mm -hmm. she's got a shot. Yeah, I think she'd have a shot in the final. I think literally any of these yeah. people in the final two that we have left, I mean even include Jenna, like the final five here. Any of those five people make it to the final two, they all have a shot. Yeah. I don't think it's anybody's game to lose at this point. Yeah, there definitely hasn't been like one standout. Um, and like for as much as Rob has uh, driven strategy, yeah, we've been told over and over again how much he's screwed people over. I think honestly, if yeah, like Heidi is voted out here at five. And so obviously we'll never know the answer to this, but I think she's probably got the best chance against the jury or like with the jury if if she makes it to the end. I think maybe like maybe Roger has a hard time voting for her. Maybe Dave wouldn't vote for her, but I th maybe, well, I don't know. It seems like she would have a good shot if she gets to final tribal. That's the thing. It's like there's always there's basically you can look at any two pairings and basically be like, yeah, there's like two or three people who'd vote for that person and two or three people who'd vote for that person. And then yeah. these other one or two people that I have no idea. 
which is why it's just it's always a toss-up like or however many people are on the jury Mm -hmm. is it nine there'll be seven final two seven jury members yeah i don't know this is just such a weird (laughs) this is such a weird finale although these like these last two episodes have been very good yeah they have yeah the season ends ends pretty strong i'd say all right, let's do a fantasy update um, after this most recent episode. Um, Adams, believe in yourself and Aliens Tribe had another strong week here, getting a whopping 25 points from Matthew after sweeping the challenges today, uh, even though uh, Adam lost Heidi. Another 10 points from Butch. Uh, Emily's lone surviving member netted you 10 points and Scott's single Jenna uh, got the minimum with five through surviving. And with that folks, we've got a new went a uh, new leader. Mm-hmm. The believe in yourself and aliens tribe after picking up 35 points, this episode vaults tribe bangerang. Now they have 410 to tribe bangerangs, 385 taking a commanding lead. And then the poison dart frogs are in third place with 320 points. Adam, you have uh, successfully leapfrogged your competition and find yourself in first place again on the cusp of a three-peat with Matthew and Butch left on your tribe despite losing Heidi. What are your thoughts coming into this finale episode? I only have Matthew and Butch left. I still don't feel great. (laughs) I could see it's it feels good going into the finale with two survivors. I will say that like that feels like much better odds of getting someone to the final than Mm -hmm. like just having one. But the problem is it's up against Rob and Jenna, who are two very strong survivors. So. I don't know. I, I don't know that I feel great about my lead. I I still think. It, it will come down to final travel votes. Like yeah. just is the way it will. Emily, with that being said, do you think Rob has it in him to have a huge surge here in the finale and catapult you into the lead? Uh, he's my only hope. <laughs> so. Is there any way for you to actually, there's a couple tribals before final tribal as well as some challenges. So I think that right. if, if Rob really does go balls to the wall here, right. So if, if, he, wins if he wins a bunch like of challenges, three challenges votes correctly, sweeps the finale, I think he yeah. can win. Yeah. 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 He can pull, he can pull it off. And then Scott, you've been in a commanding lead for the bulk of this season, but you just saw it slip away for the first time in over six episodes. What do you think about your spot and your single Jenna coming in to the finale? Um, so not ideal <laughs> going into the finale. <laughs> um, but I'm a big basketball fan, and I believe this analogy to be true. They say it's a game of runs. So I had my run early. Adam had his run now, but we still have the fourth quarter or the end of the game. Mm. So we still have a chance to come back. So we'll see. I have some faith in Jenna, 
Maybe. You're <laughs> <laughs> hoping for runs we'll just see. like Matthew and Rob had after that barbecue. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll ask this. I'd be surprised if you if any of you are takers, but we have a chance to trade here coming into the final round. Um, as we've said, you're really targeting a winner now, and you have the opportunity, if you can get someone to, to agree to it, to make a trade here. Um, Emily, are you interested in trading Rob to an opponent for one of their players? Nope. Going to stick with Rob. I'll give, you, I'll give you Butch for him. No. <laughs> Scott, it seems like Emily is bent on keeping Rob, so are you interested in offering up Jenna f- to Adam for one of his players? Um, at this point, I'm going to... I'm just going to ride with who got me here. All so right. we'll see. Chance of the one who brought you. Adam, it sounds yeah. unlikely, but you are welcome to offer up a trade if you'd like. You know, I would... I would hate myself if I traded away a winner. <laughs> I like I <laughs> that would be so, tough. There is so much stress in that. There's no way I can handle it. I, yeah. I can I can't. Even even though I don't think either yeah, of these will I win. Too. I just I can't. Yeah, you never know. Uh, can't give them up. Choice. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. At this point, I'm yeah, I would hate myself if I traded Jenna and she right. somehow won. So <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let her ride. Maybe maybe next season we'll get a trade then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's end this episode by awarding our MVP points. Uh, Adam, mm-hmm. you have the honors since you're the new leader. Who gets your MVP point for today? Oof. This is a really hard one to give an MVP MVP to. Actually, I feel like I got to give it to Matthew just because he dominated the challenges on a roll. But like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't have any like really good reason otherwise other than that. All right, Scott, who's gonna get your MVP point? Yeah, I was gonna give it to I was gonna give it to Matthew as well because of the his challenge dominance, um, and this seems like he had a really good episode for that reason, I guess. So. <laughs> Matthew, Matt. Matthew's racking up those MVP points after a couple other challenge wins. Emily, who's yeah. going to get your MVP point? Uh, I'm going to go wild here and go with Jenna. All right. She lost things that were very, <laughs> I'm serious. Those were very important to her. She was very upset about them. She's like deteriorating at a point that I'm concerned about her genuinely, her health. And she's still going strong in this game. And she made it through somehow another, at this point, somehow, another tribal yeah. council. So we'll see yeah. where you go, Jenna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Here's fair. to you, Scott, for your tribe bangerang. <laughs> bangerang. Bangerang. Um, it's all gravy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'm going to give mine to Rob um, because ultimately Rob calls his shot at the very beginning of this episode. He says he wants Heidi out next. He says it right Mm -hmm. to her face. And then he executes the hit and successfully removes Heidi from the game. Um, Yeah, he set out to do that. And that is indeed what he did. He did it. So um, just a little um, MVP point recap coming into our finale here, just for funsies. Um, this is worth, you know, no, nothing, but just fun to <laughs> keep a, a, 
track of. Our final four, uh, Butch has three MVP points on the season. Uh, Jenna has five. And Rob and Matthew each have 10 MVP points coming into the finale. Um, some of our fallen comrades, Dina amassed eight before she was voted out. Christy picked one up. Dave picked one up. And Heidi picked a couple up. So, yeah, our strong performers, for the most part, with the exception of Dina, Rest in Power, are mm. still in the game here, coming into the finale. It means Matthew only passed her this episode for yeah, I MVP believe so. points. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jeez, when was she voted out? Oh, man. Was it episode nine? She was voted out episode nine. You're right. One, two, three. So, yeah, three episodes later. I, s- yes. I still stand, Dina. Yeah. Queena. 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 She's so good. She's, she was such a good player. Gone but not forgotten. <laughs> All righty. Anything we missed before we wrap this up and reconvene for our live finale next? So excited. Boop, boop. All right. Next time on Outwatch, you will want to be with us as we have everyone's favorite episode, the live finale, where we sit in the same room and watch the finale episode together and react in the commercial breaks. It's always a great time and you won't want to miss it. So you should subscribe to our feed so you stay up to date. Make sure to send us your answers to those questions about where you'd love to take your brand new Saturn Ion, the beautiful, immaculate, perfect, wonderful Saturn Ion. Um, And uh, I think that's it. I think that's it, right? I don't see anything else. I think that's it. Fantastic. Next time on Outwatch, we will watch the finale of Survivor, the Amazon. Film seems just like yesterday we started this season. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening. See you next time.